Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley Blast. I haven't seen Cardinal fans this angry since that 58-0 loss to the Seahawks in Seattle. You know, the game that cost Ken Wisenhunt his job. Yet for all the screaming, there are crickets in Birdland. Today, the Cliff Kingsbury era should end unceremoniously. He is 6-27-1 when trailing at halftime, when real NFL coaches have to make adjustments. He's won 10 of 29 home games in the past four years, and how many more wide receiver screens do you need to see to know this is a disaster? Today, Vance Joseph should be named interim head coach, and Michael Bidwell should start canvassing his friends across the league for a new general manager, because this team needs a cultural overhaul from top to bottom, because Steve Kime has had long enough, and because Kime could have counseled Bidwell against extending the head coach, but for his own reasons, he chose a different path. And then Bidwill needs to look in the mirror and realize he needs to back off. Just like Robert Sarver once realized with his meddling. And look what happened to the Suns when he hired a real GM and a proven head coach. And when he stopped teaching DA how to box out in the hallways of Footprint Center. And when he stopped looking over the shoulders of his doctors who were reading MRIs. Now maybe Bidwill doesn't feel any of this because he's having a real profitable year. He opened a sports book at the stadium, he bought a new team plane, he's toasting the Super Bowl, and he put his father in the team's ring of honor. But somebody's got to tell him the truth, and here it is. Michael, thank you for bringing this franchise out of the dark ages, but now you've driven this team into a ditch, and you're the only one with the power to fix it. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury affordable with two great locations. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, it starts with me. There's no doubt. I, I got to find a way to uh, make sure you know we're practicing at a higher level and, and holding ourselves to different standards because it just hasn't been good enough. And when you do it against teams like this, they're going to take advantage of it, and they did that today. Cliff Kingsbury with Paul Calvisi on the Cardinals Radio Network after another loss, another loss at home, another loss in the division, another loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And now two more division foes who uh, who have this team and this offense very much figured out. And we'll see how this goes. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals have had big issues running the football the last two weeks. Kyler Murray's been the team's leading rusher the last two weeks, which would Is be there- good, which would be good if he was putting up Justin Fields kind of numbers. <laughs> He's the leading rusher on the year, Beck. Oof. <laughs> And and again, there's there's the there's the easy alibi of offensive line. I don't want to hear it. This is a team that willingly chose to draft a tight end with its first pick in the second round of the NFL draft. A tight end who has been also, I won't call him a disaster, but he's he's contributed next to nothing. And again, we're back to a dra- another draft class from this general manager that is giving the team Stugatz nothing. Contrast that with Seattle. Oh, it, it, well, there's no got, comparison. Seattle has got Rookie of the Year candidates on both sides of the football. That's drafting. They're starting to get a. I mean, and, and this is really reaching for for some sort of optimism here. They're starting to get Sanders and Thomas into the mix. Okay. But yeah, I mean Trey McBride. Again, one of the questions we asked yesterday, going into the into the week, was. Is this another week where Trey McBride has more penalties than catches? It was a dead heat. Zero penalties, zero mm-hmm. catches. Mm-hmm. 
So, so again, so I think that, uh, so I think for a lot of reasons, it's pretty obvious to a lot of people that they need to overhaul this thing from the very top. Yeah, from the very top. Kyler Murray yesterday after the game. We got we got to evaluate. You know, everybody's got to evaluate themselves. Um, we understand what's going on right now, as far as uh, just playing bad football. Uh, it's not it's not it's not, uh, it's not winning football, and that's 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 the result you're going to get when you're out there doing stuff like that. Yep, on the offensive line. Yeah, I mean, none of us. I don't think anybody in here's you know ever played professional line, but it's you know the continuity's got to be there. You know, it's tough. I feel, if, you know, those guys are working together, trying to get you know, um, trying to get on you know in a groove together. But when you got the rotation and stuff like that, when guys go down, um, it is tough. But at the end of the day, you know, the next man up mentality, we gotta, we just gotta be better. Wow, that's the first time we've heard next man up this year, really, from anybody. Uh, yeah. Normally, it's like, oh, those guys are hurt. Next man up. Next, you can rely, lean on next man up when you know you're winning games. Oh man, what a great job by that offensive line. We had three starters out in the middle of the line, but we found a way to win. Next man up. That's our mentality. You can lean on next man up when you have depth. That's that's true. Yeah, that, and you're not spouting that if you don't believe in your well, depth. Uh, no, and again, it's take a look at the acquisition of Robbie Anderson. Look how long it took him to get onto the field, and look at the results it didn't bear yesterday. That to me, fail. That's three games. Yes. One catch. One catch. Minus, that, four, minus yards. four yards. One big drop. One big penalty that nullified a D hop touchdown. That's not that's not contributing. That's not hitting the ground running. That's not what you do. When you when you make a trade deadline or a pre-trade deadline acquisition, you're you're looking for immediate. You're not looking for oh well, we'll get there. Yeah. No, it is the, just so maddening. For the pennant drive. So so even if you think, and I'm not sure who would think this, but even if you thought Cliff Kingsbury were a good head coach, and even if you thought there are circumstances beyond his control, injuries, you name whatever you want to, whatever you want to cite, even if you happen to believe that, you've got a $230 million franchise quarterback who is regressing before our very eyes. All the talk about the newfound maturity, what have we seen? We've seen more petulance on the sideline. We've seen very little leadership from him. We're seeing more communication issues. If Kyler Murray is lighting into DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline, what? how do you think that's playing in the room? How do you think that's playing in the room for a quarterback going after a guy who has accomplished five times what Kyler Murray's accomplished in the NFL? I mean, I think a lot of it depends on the play that okay. led to that interaction. Who's right? Who's wrong? Why are there communication issues anyway, that's, though? Okay, well, and that's, that's where I was going. Question. That's where I was going with this because you can say here. Well, listen, you can't have it both ways. You want to see Kyler show some emotion. If D Hop messed up, then then maybe Kyler is holding him accountable. But but again, it's it's it it never goes both ways with this quarterback. There were a couple of instances after the game yesterday when he could have stepped up and taken the blame. And he he sure. cannot bring himself to do it. But big picture in how Kyler Murray fits into this offense. Okay, and again, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't even finish my point. Even <laughs> if you believe all of that, you've got to get this kid right. You've got to get this guy in the hands of an experienced head coach who knows how to make players accountable. Sorry, I, not I, I don't think that's unfair. But again, go back to the draft process and the drooling of the Cardinals over Kyler Murray and Steve Kime finally coming around after watching all the tape. It's like, wow, there's been guys that run as well as him and there's been guys that throw as well as him, but we've never seen a guy who does both. Now in year four, 
Kyler Murray, we could say this. He's arguably one of the top three fastest quarterbacks that's ever played the game. Maybe the most elusive quarterback mm-hmm. that's ever played the game. We know this. We know his arm talent is pretty spectacular. Yeah, about that whole elusiveness and speed thing, yeah, he's not the most willing runner at this point. No. Uh, about that arm talent thing, yeah, the coach is calling dink and dunk plays and everything's horizontal. Right. I mean, anybody could run this offense right now. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. They don't need a $230 million quarterback no, to run no, this version no, of this offense. No, they don't. And and the fact that they gave him the money begrudgingly also has doomed this from the very beginning. The, the, the actions of Eric Burkhart set a bad vibe on this thing from the very beginning. This thing has been sour from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all just this mysterious puzzle right now, and we're looking for pieces that fit it's a together. We're not mystery, finding any. Vinny. Yes, oh, it really, it really is. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Aaron. Let's do some ayahuasca. About uh, it. You know what? It's for big, Aaron. It's Big Red Monday. We got uh, some calls in the seven o'clock hour. Let's go to some calls in the eight o'clock hour. Let's open these puppies back up at 602-260-9870. More of your phone calls and frustration on the uh, Cardinals on this Big Red Monday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bigley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Bick, you said it in your blast. You haven't seen Cardinals fans this angry or felt Cardinals fans this angry since uh, another game against Seattle, 2012, 58 to nothing, Mm -hmm. uh, which led to change. This was not 58 nothing, but this season has kind of felt like 58 nothing for the Arizona Cardinals. Does it lead to change? That's the question. Uh, I don't think so, but uh, we can open up the phone lines uh, again here on Big Red Monday and take some more calls on this at 602 260 9870, starting with Tom in Phoenix here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Tom. Hey, guys, this is Tom, lost 70 pounds from Revitalize, and I'm pissed off. I'm so angry. I mean, it's so frustrating when you see what's going on. I mean, first of all, Kyler is having this temper tantrum on the sidelines, just melting down, and then he doesn't throw to D-hop the rest of the game except for the, the one touchdown that didn't count late in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's time for Cliff to go. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he is just called too many plays but he you know i don't think bidwell's going to do it i think you know they're going to have to get blown out next week and i do not want to see things on the internet showing cliff's girlfriend watching the game uh with the la's coach's girlfriend it's so frustrating why doesn't he try to you know they, they got to do something different, but they're not going to fire the coach. But I say, let's get rid of the coach. And, yeah. I mean, you've got Robbie Anderson dropping balls. Maybe had they drafted some offensive linemen instead of drafting Hollywood Brown and a tight end, that's a complete idiot. You know, it's just, I'm really pissed off. Yeah. No, you're not alone, man. You're not alone. And, and, and by contrast, look at you look at the Seahawks. The Seahawks are not necessarily a really great team in terms of talent, but they're they're tough. They're really well coached. They're physical. They've got just enough, and they're making it work. It's everything the Cardinals are not. Yeah, go back to that play that kind of iced the game, the 51-yarder on the bootleg from, from Geno Smith to, to Noah Fant. And we talked about you know what the Cardinals were expecting, and they sold out on the run there, but that's what coaching is. Yeah. This is what they expect us to do, so we're not going to do that. 
Offensively, the Cardinals are like, oh, they, you know, they're not giving us much. So this is what they expect us to do to dump it down or, or, or to have these wide receiver screens or throw five yards down the, past the line of scrimmage. And that's what they continue to do over and over again. They never yeah. impose their will on no. anything. How many no. times this season have they run a play and you, and you said, wow, that was a beautifully designed play? A not few, often. A few. A, bit, a handful, but yeah, that's not it. often. No. Listen, it, the head coach was out coached by a rookie coach in Minnesota. Let's move on. He's outcoached a lot of guys. Though. Let's move on to the phones and let's move on to our next head coach. How about that? How about that? <laughs> wow. How about that? Uh, Lonnie and Phoenix is up next here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Lonnie. Good morning, guys. Season ticket holder. And these season tickets are getting more and more expensive every game. We watch Cliff and Tyler just burn this thing down. Um, I sit in the lower bowl. I watched yesterday's game. Uh, one of only two games in the time I've had season tickets, we left at the beginning of the fourth quarter because I just couldn't stomach it anymore. Uh, there's no leadership. There's no sense of urgency. Uh, you know, I got to go back to you know what Bickley said earlier on your guys' show. This current offense, you could bring anybody in. We proved that last season. They had Colt McCoy come in and win games running the same offense. I'm a Kyler fan. I still think he's our quarterback of the future, but we have got to remove Cliff as the head coach. It's yep. killing this team. It's, yep. You're losing your winning culture. Yeah, you're you're exactly right, and they they need to do it for the quarterback's growth, not just to not just to pacify our anger or or change the aesthetics of it. Because let, let's be honest here, for for a guru watching the guru on script, it's one of the most painful things in the NFL. It's exactly the opposite of what you think it would be. Mm-hmm. It's true. <laughs> Watching the guru on script is like reading the script for the love guru. <laughs> <laughs> Again, one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, 602-260-9870, the phone number. Justin is in Buckeye. He's up next here on Arizona Sports. Hi, Justin. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Good. Um, the frustrating part about about the whole situation is that you have a, a guy doing a halftime breakdown of Kyler Murray that is willing, he's itching to coach. He, go go get him. Coach Payton's just waiting, willing to coach this kid. Even at the halftime show, he's saying, you know, you just got to teach him. You know, no sleeves on that arm when you're running. You know, stuff like that. You, he just got a fingertip on that ball and it came out. Yeah. And then you look at Cliff on the sideline. You, he used to have a little tongue twitch when you get, like, a little antsy and stuff. He didn't have that. You know, he just quit. He was done. He just doesn't even care no more. Yeah, it doesn't. Anyways, guys, yeah, I appreciate you. You got it, bro. Love you, Dan. Appreciate Love you, man. Thanks, Justin. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's a, you, you can build a case that maybe the players that that belief is waning, you know. It, it, but but it it's again I I I am a little troubled by the the what I heard from the head coach after the game that sounded very much like a head coach who's like please somebody re- remove yeah. me from this misery He's just at the bottom of the well on on answers to questions yeah at this right. point that's exactly right uh, real quick before we move on to the last caller um, there was an article on the Athletic today about Sean Payton's future. You know, he's he's a studio guy now. Yeah. He said he'll probably get into coaching. There's only so much golf you can play. But sources close to him are saying he's not going to go somewhere where there's dysfunction. Right. Why would he step out of his dream situation for this? Yeah, well, yeah, and he's an elite NFL head coach. He, he, he's not hurting for a job. Right. That's yeah. exactly right. So you'd have to pay him a ton of money you'd have to give and him, give him a ton of control. You'd and, have to give him the John Gruden contract with again, the Raiders. Yeah, right. And you'd have to give him a lot of control. And I think that's I think that's really a primary issue here. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's in and the and Cardinal fans they've worked this all out. They they know what they're seeing here. Mm-hmm. 
go to uh, Camden, who is in Phoenix up next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Camden. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, uh, so I was watching that game at the airport right next to two Rams fans, and it was the worst experience because, <laughs> dude, our team just doesn't want to play together. They just look like they're a group of guys that's just going out there to get paid. They don't want to play under Cliff at all. And they're killing our plays when we get down to third and one and we're getting two false starts in a row. They're just undisciplined. They don't want to play together. And I think Cliff's just got to go. And I'm tired of everyone blaming it all on Kyler and Cliff when it's a whole team thing combined. But Cliff's got to go just to change the team mojo. Yeah. And, and again, and I th- they've got to find somebody in here who knows what he's doing when it comes to drafting football players. It, 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 you can't trade your way to the top in the NFL. As good as Steve Kime is at making trades. You can't trade your way to the top. And the Seahawks are the perfect example. They've got two starters who are rookies on the offensive line. They've got a running back who's in the running for offensive rookie of the year. They've got a a, 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 a cornerback in that Tariq Woolen kid who has just been fabulous. Kobe Bryant's forced Kobe four Bryant's fumbles this year, almost out of fifth. Yeah, so I mean, that's how you do it. There's a reason the Cardinals have no depth. Yeah. There's a reason that when there's an injury, it kills the team because they haven't drafted right. anyone that's worthwhile what, in the last three years. That's a great years. point. That's a great point, Jared. It, it's so, so if you want to use injuries as an excuse to cover for the GM, the GM is the reason why there's no depth and the injuries are affecting them so profoundly. Yes, uh, Cliff Kingsbury said he believes in this team. Does did Mike, it sound did that did that sound legit to you? No, no. But the question is, uh, if you want to keep it uh, on the subject of belief, how much belief does Michael Bidwell still have in Cliff Kingsbury to be this guy for this team? That is a question mm-hmm. moving in. To week 10 of the NFL season. We'll continue to break down Cardinals Seahawks on this Big Red Monday. We'll talk to Kyle Vandenbosch about it next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here we go! Quick! Yeah! Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Smith takes a knee. The game is over. And the Cardinals are in deep trouble. They're now 3-6. and six. Dave Patch, final call yesterday from State Farm Stadium. 31-21, the final Seahawks come in, uh, complete the sweep of the Cardinals. And in the process, they move to 6-3 and three and are enjoying first place in the NFC West. Here to talk about it with us, member of the Cardinals radio team, former Arizona Cardinal Kyle Vandenbosch, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Good morning, Kyle. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we've had you on after a, a few games this this year so far, Kyle, and it seems like we're having a lot of the same discussions on what is ailing the Arizona Cardinals, uh, and uh, there doesn't seem to be any fixes. Is that one of your perspectives at this point? Well, I, I think we heard the answer after the game. Um, they're just going to have to practice at a higher level, and uh, and everything will get fixed, right? Yeah. No, I no. mean it's it's the same story week <laughs> in and week out. Um, you know, we got to pay more attention to detail. We've got to practice at a higher level. Um, everything post game sounds like they're going back to work, um, and we'll be diligent about paying attention to detail. And then it's walk through Wednesday and and short practice Thursday and. Mm-hmm. And then we roll out with the same thing on Sundays. I mean, it's 
Um, it, 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 the, the, the frustrating thing is, you know, we, we tend to point to slow starts, we point to wasting timeouts, but um, there is just a laundry list of, of issues right now, and it's not one thing that you can sit in the meeting rooms and say, hey, guys, look, if we just really focus in and fix this one thing, we're going to be fine. Uh, I mean, there was I know. You know, 10, 15, 20 different things that potentially cost them this game, and, and and the irony of it is, is somehow they're still in these games. It doesn't. See, it seems like um, we both offensively and at times defensively make so many critical errors at, at, at crucial moments in the game, and yet this team still has opportunities late in the game. And and um, it, you know, it's it, that that's the hard part to me. Yeah. Is it just it's coming from everybody, and it's sometimes it's different position groups, sometimes it's different players, and. And um, it's just at this point in the season, it, it shouldn't be this sloppy. It shouldn't look this hard to move the ball on offense. It shouldn't be this hard to stop a team in the red zone. It shouldn't be this hard to get off the field on third down. Yeah, you're with the, with the number of playmakers they have, is that's certainly the case. And as you said, the fact that they've been close in a lot of these games, that they almost beat the Vikings, they almost beat the Eagles, that almost makes me more frustrated because because you can see that the requisite talent is there. All right, let's hyper focus on the defense because I, I've been I've been very supportive of the defense. I think I think Vance Joseph has pretty much gotten the most out of this crew, and yet the Vikings game and again yesterday, this team could not hold up at the end. How much of that? do you put on them? How much of that is just, you know, a, a defense that's exhausted from having to cover up on a lot of three and outs earlier in the game? No, you're, you're exactly right. Um, it, it's a defense that had so much weight on its shoulders. Um, a, a defense that's the big reason that this team has stayed in games because the offense, um, you know, this is the first game the offense didn't start slowly, but after that first drive, it, it basically disappeared. Um, and at some point, you know, you keep plugging holes in the dam, the dam is going to break. And um, you know, this up to this point, I mean, I love Vance Joseph. I love his, his schemes, his game plan, the execution, everything has been tremendous for an overachieving defense. Um, but, you know, even as of late, um, you know, uh, like I just mentioned, this was a bend but don't break type defense, as as a lot of defenses have, have done this season, you know, keep everything in front, make an offense drive down the field, force them to make mistakes. Um, but this is a, a bend and break defense. I mean, when you can't get stops in the red zone, when you can't get stops late in the game, when you can't um, get off the field on third down, um, it, you know, it, it looks like the defense is getting wore out mm-hmm. from having so much put on their shoulders and having to go out there repeatedly after, you know, you make a big stop and the offense goes three and out, the offense makes a, a big error. I mean, it's, it's you know, having played defense and been in those types of situations, um, you know, at the beginning part of the season, you're excited and, and you love the challenge of repeatedly having to respond to adverse situations, but at some point it just wears on you. And you're like, I mean, why why do we get keep getting put in this situation? Yeah. And it looks like we're almost at that point right now. Kyle Vandenbosch, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, back to the beginning of our conversation where you, you, you kind of had a little fun with the, the language that's used after losses. Hey, we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. we got to practice better. We need to execute better. All of those things. There's a lot of people. You've heard them. You're aware of it, Kyle. There's a lot of people calling for major change on this team. They're calling for the head coach's job. Uh, and maybe you feel that that's necessary. But short of that, I mean, what are you, for somebody who's been in 
in NFL locker rooms and spent a long time in the NFL. When things are going like this, what are real tangible changes that can be made outside of the language that we're hearing? Well, that's, it's tough. And, and I remember it was probably two months ago I was on this show. And, you know, what Cliff Kingsbury does as a head coach is, um, it, you know, he is a player's coach, but he puts a lot on the leaders in that locker room. Um, it, it is impossible because I've been in this situation as well where, um, you know, we had expectations. We even had early season success. And um, the coach gives you breaks. And you cannot – you know, completely 180 how you do things midstream. It's out of character for Cliff. Um, the players have come, you know, to expect a certain routine. I mean, it's not like, you know, at this point in the season, you could say, hey, this wasn't good enough. We're not tackling well. We're not executing well. We're going full pads and and we're going to work this thing out. You know, that's what, that's what coaches would have done, you know, old school coaches back in the day, back when I was playing. They'd say, you guys, you know, you're not playing well. You're not sharp. We've got to practice harder. We've got to play more physically. And so we're going to make that change. It, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work at this point in the season. I mean, at this point in the season, it's, you know, to me, the only answer is, is you've got to make players more accountable. You've got to start calling out players. The players got to start losing playing time if they're making these crucial mistakes. I mean, who, who would have thought that, you know, after three games of, of trading for Robbie Anderson, which we thought he would be an answer to some of our problems, that we'd be begging to have A.J. Green back on the field because he's, he's a better receiver. Um you know, it's it, it's it's veteran players that are making the mistakes. It's the leaders on this team, and it's you know the only thing they can do at this point is um, try to establish a culture of accountability because it appears like that's missing right now. Yeah, you're right. So right on the money about that, and it's it, the idea of of working and practicing better when when you don't practice much or or ask the players to do a whole lot. That they're kind of incongruous uh, and and don't really align very well. All right, let me ask you about the quarterback. Is he regressing in your eyes? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, the numbers uh, bear that out. You know, through you know the first three seasons of his career, um, you know, one of his stronger aspects was his down the field accuracy, his ability to put the ball anywhere on the football field, and and it's not there. And and it shows in in the numbers. Some of them came out last week. I mean, he's not even close to league average when it comes to down the field accuracy. Um, you know, you, you, you factor that in with, you know, he, he does run. It, it, he, it doesn't look like he ever wants to run. There was a called quarterback run yesterday that was actually blocked pretty well. And the defensive end got one hand on him and he could not get down fast enough. I mean, right. you know, when you're fighting through situations like this, when your locker room is looking for answers, they need their leaders to respect in the locker room is about skin in the game. Like how much are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to change? What are you willing to give to get us over the hump to get, you know, to Willis, to a win and and Kyler Murray has to you know by by my estimation has done that once and it was late in the game against the Las Vegas Raiders I mean he has the ability to do that almost every week but it, it seems like he's you know unwilling to put himself out there um, to fight for the extra yards to make the type of plays that really only he can make in order for this team to get over the hump. Kyle, as always, man, fantastic stuff. Yeah. We appreciate you Love spending some candor, time with brother. us this morning. 
Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Kyle, Kyle. Vandenbosch, the Cardinals radio analyst, our guest here on uh, the Arizona so Sports right about Line. That last, that last part. There were a couple of plays yesterday when Kyler Murray just basically sat himself down on the field. It becomes almost one hand touch. Yeah, at, yeah. At, at a certain point, on some of those. Yeah, plays. it's it's a shame. Yep. Uh, coming up next, yes, it's Big Red Monday, but I think at this point in the show we need a bit of a palate cleanser. Unfortunately, the palate cleanser's also got bad news mixed in, uh, and we're going to talk some Suns basketball next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata mornings. Here is a jump shot by DeAndre Ayton, and he knocks down another outside hoop. Suns may have to take a foul. Cam Johnson's uh, got a hitch in his giddy-up. He may take it right there to get a substitute in the game. Yeah, he's kind of gimping off. We get a timeout here. Yeah, that was uh, Tim Kempton, Al McCoy on Friday night. Uh, that hitch in the giddy-up of Cam Johnson oh, yeah. was a lot worse than that. Oh, yeah. Torn meniscus, having yep. surgery. So we're talking about uh, months-long absence for the Suns' new starting power. Yeah, yeah that's uh, that's a real, real bad break. I feel terrible for Cam. He was, he, he was getting the opportunity of a lifetime. It was a contract year. He did not get paid before this season. And now this is kind of a worst-case scenario for him. Individually, now, but again, we'll get to what it means for the Suns, and I'd like you to chime in on what you think this does to the Suns. But just from a humanistic level, you just feel terrible for him. He's impossible. If you're a Suns fan, it's impossible not to love the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his personality, uh, the way he plays the game, the shooting was coming around. Jarrett pointed this out uh, on Twitter over the weekend too. Go back to last year. Cam Johnson got hurt in the best game he had played as a pro, mm-hmm. and it. You know, it was an injury that occurred in that game, but he fought through it and he scored the 36 points. He hit a buzzer beater to beat the Knicks, and then he was out for weeks at a time. The night before, the game before, uh, he gets hurt on Friday against Portland in the Minnesota game. Cam Johnson goes off for 29 points. The shooting was coming around. He was looking more comfortable, and you're like, okay, maybe this this rough start that he's gotten off to, difficulty getting into a flow with this team because of these nagging injuries or these you know falls and spills and contusions he would suffer during games. Maybe he's past that. So for that to happen that early in the game, mm-hmm. I think it, it, it kind of threw the Suns for a loop. Although. You know, Torrey Craig came in and played well again, um, but they never really recovered from that, and they were kind yeah. of in a fog all night long in that game against Portland. And you know, did they, I, we touched on it very briefly in the rush hour reboot? I don't believe the Suns deserve to win that game mm-hmm. because I think they got outplayed for most of it. But man, that ending was rough. Yeah, no, I know. I, but let's see. It's officiating. Yes. It's, it's regular season. It's going it's, to even out it, at some whatever. point because it's it, yeah. that's the way yeah. the NBA I, is officiating. Yeah, I get it. I Right. And I and I get that the NBA, the report, they admitted that, yes, they blew that. So, yes. Yeah, so there's so there's perfectly good reason to be angry about it. But, again, it's regular season yes. basketball. And they... We, and they came out the next night and won by yeah, twenty. Right, and so and and so we know the uh, the we we know the importance of it all. So what what do the Suns do now? How big of an issue is this going to be for them? And what does this do for the Jay Crowder trade sweepstakes, if you will? How do you think they're going to handle this? I, I talked about it in the rush hour reboot. I just I I just think there's so much that's happened. And so much that we are not privy to. There's very little in terms of info. James Jones is always close to the vest. He's mm-hmm. not let out any info. 
Um, Jay Crowder's doing what he's doing on social media with the video production and you know a tweet here and there. We don't know the origin of the the feelings between these two sides. But if you're willing, if you're Jay Crowder and willing to say, you know what, I want out and I'm going to make it be known and the team grants you, hey, go look for a trade. You're not, you're not reporting to training camp. You're not going to be with us. To me, that doesn't seem like it's a reparable situation. No, it, it, it really doesn't. And, and it really, but it really casts it in a very unfortunate light because it seems to me none of this has to be happening. Jay Crowder says he wants to play basketball. Jay Crowder is under contract. Yes. Are the Suns paying him? Yes. Of course they are. Yes. So, so, so to me, I, the idea of picking up the phone and saying, hey, listen, we weren't going to do this, but we need you. Why can't they do that? I mean, technically, couldn't they say, like, you're under contract. Yeah. If you don't play, we're going to fine you. Yeah. They could. They, of course they could. But they, they don't have to keep paying him to, to shoot videos and working out on his own. But that also goes against, you know, the, the permission that they gave Jay Crowder and his agents and his team to go seek a trade. Right. Yeah, but go seek a trade, but play while you're seeking the trade. Or, that, but or, that was the mistake that was made back in the train in, in training camp. That's the, that should have been the, the, the resolution that both sides came to. Yeah. Yeah. Or or you or you call him up and so call up his agent and say, listen, we, we've given you guys a lot of time to find a trade. Nothing's happening. We've we've had a significant change in our in our game plan here. And now we need him. Well, now, let's revisit this now, at the trade deadline. Yeah, we'll, revi- we'll, we'll continue to do this, but we but we expect Jay to report to the basketball team in two days. Let me let me ask you this question, though, to follow up. Do they need him? Well, I believe they need something, yeah. somebody. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's Jay Crowder. Well, yeah, I know. But, I mean, they do need something, right? Don't they? Yes. I mean, we're going to find out. I mean, it, it's... Now all of a sudden, Dario Saric is going to ha- going to have to play more, right? At the backup four, yes, and he and he has. Uh, he, you know, he played more over the weekend against Portland in those two games. Uh, I think it's still a process for him to get back into things. And and Torrey Craig is what he is. Torrey Craig's a bench player who's now pressed into pl- in, into playing starting minutes with the first unit. He's hitting. He's still hitting his threes. Uh, he's a good offensive rebounder. He's a versatile defender, but. You know, can you count on him from an offensive standpoint? No, I think anything you get from Torrey Craig is is gravy at this point offensively. I just it it just seems to me that that Jay Crowder for a while was such a good vibes kind of guy yes. and such a good team guy that that there should be able to be a bridge built to bring him back unless unless there was stuff that happened near the end of last year's playoffs that we don't even know about that that really Monty Williams is not digging at all. I've heard this from a couple of different people. It's nothing more than speculation. I, I have a hard time buying it because those games in Dallas, Jay Crowder was the only one doing anything for a while. Yeah, he, was, he had a really rough New Orleans series, but turned it around in the Dallas series. Uh, I, I mean, it would be hard to go back and pinpoint something that went wrong when everything seemed to be going wrong for the Suns. You wonder if, uh, what if Devin Booker and Chris Paul call up Jay Crowder? And say like we we want you back, we need you back right now, I rather just, than like look the Suns are Jones. the Suns are in a position of weakness right now because of the injury to Cam Johnson. Um, making a trade right now to address that and trading Jay Crowder elsewhere is not a great position of power to be in. But picking up the phone 
and groveling for Jay Crowder to come back would be the definition of, of being in a but, weak position. I, but, I don't, but I don't know if you have to grovel. If you're paying a guy to play basketball for you and you've agreed to, 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 to keep him away while they work out a trade, your circumstance changes. Yeah. You're paying him. I'm just trying to think of an example where, and this is not the first time a player's been on the sidelines getting paid to not play. They normally don't go, go back to those teams. John Wall didn't right. play for the Houston Rockets again. Um, there's been a lot of other examples of, of but, these kind of guys. But John, yeah, I know, but John Wall's a different cat than Jay Crowder. I, and the I, Rockets I, were a different team than the and, Suns. And, the Rockets and were And this is a, a veteran team with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They've got plenty of history with Jay Crowder. They all claim they loved him when all this stuff broke up. They're like, oh, darn, man. So I, I, and if all that's not going to happen, then work on a trade to this trade either, them. Yeah. This is either extreme stubbornness or there's more to this interpersonal re- relationships than we know about yes. that's that's keeping them away. And what I think will be the the plan, at least now in the interim, is they're going to ride Tory Craig and and Dario Scherich until they can't ride him anymore. Okay. And then, you know, again, their, their bargaining power probably lessens at that point, but cross your fingers and hope it works out. The bottom line is, is losing Cam Johnson for an extended period of time. Well, Flat out sucks it, for this it, basketball it, it team. It does, especially when he was one of the guys that was really, that, that had the ability for a quantum leap and he just had that 29.73 point game mm-hmm. and, and you thought, okay, here we go, elevation time. I, I feel I feel terrible for him. I yep. really do. Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction are coming to the Footprint Center for the Spirits on Fire Tour. That's happening November 18th. Head to the contest page now at Arizona Sports for complete details and for your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, 9 o'clock already. Time for some social studies with Sarah Cazell. We'll do that straight ahead. Bickley and Murata mornings on this Big Red Monday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.